4: Let's get the latest
0: from Green Bay from Mike Clemens. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at CUW.edu slash veterans. Welcome back. Bart Winkler Morning Show, a Tuesday edition. Talking some Packers football with Mike Clemens. One of my favorite parts of my job, and I, I mean that. Uh, Mike Clemens, a consummate pro. Mike, welcome aboard, man. Nice talking to you. Happy holidays.
2: Happy holidays to you, Tim. Did Bart get arrested again, or...?
0: <laughs> I think he got caught doing something in the hallway. I'm not sure. Okay. They're still working out details. All
2: right. Uh, I You know, uh, if it's sensitive, I don't want to... Um, <laughs> hey, I think that's a great topic, though, and uh, something that's overlooked when teams are hiring coaches is game management and, mm-hmm. and their track record and... It's tougher than ever before.
0: Are well, you Mike, me? can I can I just say I'll give you an example. How many times, and you can relate with this? How many times have you seen this happen? And Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers did this against Green Bay. You're two scores down. You need to score before the two-minute warning when you have only two timeouts because you need the two-minute warning as one of your timeouts. In a potential three and out, you get the ball back with plenty of time. He chose to kick that field goal with just over two minutes to get within one score there, use the two-minute on the first down, timeout on the second down, timeout on the third down. He put himself in a situation you don't see that very often, and it took one of the younger coaches in the league – to actually do that.
2: Yeah, well, what he was doing, too, was he was trying to buy more time on the clock for his offense. I mm-hmm. thought it was a strange decision at first, like, you know, why don't you just go for the points? Why aren't you You're rolling? You're moving down the field. You, now you're down within the 30. You know, you're in the fringe there of the red zone. Uh, why aren't you going for touchdown? Why are you setting up for a field goal on first down? And he explained after the game it had to do with saving more clock for his offense, um, you know, it just get the, the sure thing, the field goal. Unfortunately, when his team, when his offense did get the ball back, they had two penalties, and it you know it killed their their touchdown drive. That they would have needed to, I believe, score a two point conversion to tie that game up and put it in overtime. It was different, you know, but he he, he had a basis for it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was it was. I'm always up for fresh ideas. I'm you know, it's a little unconventional. The, most, the biggest thing is, though, are your players, do they anticipate that? You know, I mean, everybody that's been playing Pop Warner football and now is in the NFL says, what do you mean field goal team? First time, you know, you <laughs> right, have, you have right. to have everybody on the sidelines. But last yeah. night was classic. I mean, Bill Belichick, I mean, Hall of Fame coach, uh, could be greatest of all time. And from what I could tell, the Bills receiver goes out of bounds right in front of him. He's catching Mm -hmm. the ball on the sidelines. Uh, Replay shows that it was a good catch. But I guess Belichick must have thrown his flag. Anyway, you see him calling his guys upstairs like, why didn't you tell me this? And then he takes the telephone and throws it. I mean, (laughs) throws it up against the base. It spikes it. And, you know, that's that's being played over and over yeah. again on social media. Pretty, pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Wow. We might, we might be seeing the uh, tipping point in a uh, Belichick Brady kind of era, uh, going the other direction. All right. Sunday night, uh, Mike, uh, Tennessee Titans come into town A one of the top three offenses by, well, in scoring just a couple of points, uh, right there with green Bay and Kansas city and, uh, green Bay takes care of business and, uh, a little surprise uh, in, in the form of A.J. Dillon. Matt LaFleur talked about that, Mike.
2: Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones is out there, and he starts the game, and he's got some big plays. Jamal Williams, uh, in that game against Carolina the week before, I saw him on the sidelines working on the exercise bike. Looked like his right quad. Now he's walking around, but you know who knows how bad, how tight it was the next day. Didn't practice during the week. They probably want to make sure he's 100% for the postseason. And A.J. Dillon then gets his carries. Now, somewhere in the game, Aaron Jones uh, banged up his hip somehow. So that's why you saw A.J. Dillon continue to be fed the football. And But, it, you know, every time they gave it to him, he had another gain. He had a nice 18-yard run the week before against the Panthers. And so LaFleur was asked, Okay, now you've seen the game film. We were talking to LeFleur in his office late yesterday afternoon. What did you think about A.J. Dillon's performance?
3: Just the yards after contact. There are many times where he's hit, whether it's at the line of scrimmage or two yards downfield, and he's getting six, seven, eight, nine yards after contact. I thought that was so impressive. The last touchdown run he had, he literally ran over a defensive lineman, a nose, and, and that rarely happens in this league. A
0: breath of fresh air is when a professional athlete or a head coach or a manager in baseball says that they're actually surprised. I, I it just you hardly ever hear that, Mike Clemens. They they don't like they feel that it's caught off guard. But sometimes you default to honesty, and I and I think Aaron Rodgers did that with uh, regards to AJ Dillon.
2: Yeah, and and Aaron Rodgers' point was. Um... You know, here's a kid that, uh, you know, worked hard at Boston College, showed something. Our team invested a second-round pick on him, didn't have any preseason. And, uh, by the way, you know, he was out for five weeks with COVID. And so, uh, you know, this happens from time to time that you have kind of a Cinderella story on Sunday Night Football.
1: Everybody at this level has done this at some point. You know, they've had a game, whether it's high school or college, where they've balled out like this. But it does take that one NFL game or that few NFL games to just remind yourself what you're capable of. And that's the exciting thing, I think, for a young player, is just to see the confidence grow and the momentum runs that he had. It's surprising just because he hasn't had a lot of reps. And we were unsure whether he was even going to come back this year, I think. So I remember one day that we were just walking from the uh, the locker room to the – to the walkthrough and I saw AJ walking. I was like, Hey, you're back. You know, it was, it was fun to see him, see him back. And I feel like, you know, he worked his way into shape for a couple of weeks, but he hasn't had the opportunity to show us this. He's a good kid. He's been through a lot this year, uh, obviously with COVID and uh, you know, the issues uh, with that, but uh, you know, it's good having him, having him back. Obviously Jones, he was a little banged up, I think, but he had a couple big runs for us. It'd be nice to get Jamal back hopefully next week. I feel really good about where we're at offensively.
0: The Green Bay Packers may have found their Josh Hader, their closer, their you know Francisco Cordero or John Axford because A.J. Yeah. Uh, A- Dillon might be that guy, Mike.
2: Especially when you get to December football, right, and an inch or two of snow on Lambeau Field and the wind whipping around. And, yeah, you know, I mean, when I was watching the roster and they were getting through November and it's like, why isn't this kid back? It's been three weeks. It's been four weeks. The team can't say anything. You know, the team made an agreement with the Players Union. When the players agreed to come back to play in a COVID pandemic to play football, uh, one of the things that's actually in in writing is that the team will not talk about our physical status regarding COVID. So uh, this was the first time that A.J. actually had a chance to do a presser after being active and in the game. And Harry goes for 124 yards, scores two touchdowns, and he's beaten through guys. And so um, so we know that there's a story there to be told about perhaps just how sick he got, maybe how much weight he lost off of the 247 he carries around, those big, huge thighs. And so um, he talked about, you know, missing those five weeks on COVID and using that time to study Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams.
5: I'll be the poster boy for COVID is a real deal, um, you know, it affects everybody differently uh, for sure. And uh, so, you know, you can't really just like one person may have no symptoms. Somebody uh, might have uh, very serious symptoms and, you know, I took a lot of time to study those guys, watch Aaron watch them all and, and watch what they're doing on a daily basis and try to figure out how, how can I, you know, kind of practice like a pro prepare like a pro and, you know, obviously nothing's perfect. I'm not there yet, but I feel like it definitely gave me that time to, you know, kind of sharpen my skills and really focus in on the, the important things of being a pro.
0: That's AJ Dillon and a downhill runner, north south, kind of a bruiser, runs with some aggression. Uh, and, and Mike, you're right. It, it may come in handy with the given weather situations uh, in Green Bay. He's been running hard like that
2: since high school, Tim. In his junior year, uh, and I was talking to Bill about this yesterday, it reminds me of the old story from about 10 years ago. John Clay out of Racine Park, you know, they just, mm-hmm. the kid would run for 200 yards a night. No one could bring him down. And then he played for the Badgers, and he had some injuries and kind of flamed out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, A.J. Dillon, 1,800 yards in his junior year, 26 touchdowns, breaks his leg his senior year. But Boston College still gives them, you know, a chance from what they saw from his junior year in high school. And he ends up being a second-round pick and running hard in that Massachusetts-Boston weather. And you know, he was just made for it. So it was kind of cool when the snow starts falling in Green Bay about 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. He called one of his neighbors, who has to be one of the Packers linebackers, and uh, asked about, you know. And all, the other thing is that at that time that he was with, the, with Boston College, the scouts were writing down. Derrick Henry, you know, big, tough running, downhill runner. And did he get the significance of those comparisons in his come out Sunday night?
5: I'd be lying if I don't. Uh, You know, that's somebody studied so much of his film. Uh, Obviously, respect a ton, especially being like bigger backs. And obviously, like you mentioned, constantly being compared throughout my time at BC and the Kanban, uh, even now. And so this guy, like, being the Russian king two years in a row, obviously big respect to him. And just to kind of be in the same talking point, it's a huge honor. Uh, I looked outside on my balcony and I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. I checked the weather. I was like, I was going to come down for a while. And uh, I live right next to Kamal Martin. I, I called him up and I was like, hey, man, like, you see this? And he's obviously from Minnesota. I'm like, man, it's going to be a fun day. That just brings back childhood memories of going outside playing football in the snow for me. So this is fun for me.
0: Yeah. There's, there's AJ Dillon putting the fun factor back into it, playing in the snow. And I know uh, Aaron Rodgers has made comments on that too. Uh, but the diff defense for this green Bay Packers team, uh, and I know Rogers said it over, over the weekend too, that, you know, it's sort of a championship level. Ryan Tannehill is having just an amazing year. The 34 TDs, and he's run in three or four. And you saw him take off for 45 the other day. But you know, there was some, uh, there was some Corey Davis, AJ Brown, some weapons on the outside held in check. What I mean, what did they do, Mike, to, to curtail Tannehill at least? They did such
2: a great job of shutting down Derrick Henry. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know why they couldn't get this until week 616, but like no other time before uh, under Mike Pettin, did I see helmets to the ball. I mean, there was one play in the second quarter where Derrick Henry uh, ran a little off-right tackle, got hit by one guy. And, you know, they weren't wrapping up like maybe they should, but, I mean, he got hit, bam, bam, (laughs) bam, you know. And they just kept hitting him. I mean, the body blows just taking shots at the guy until the whistle was done. And that's got to wear a guy out. It's you know, I mean, Even when you're as big as that guy, they they contained him. They didn't let him break outside the tackles because that's what he likes to do. Zedarius Smith doing a great job with that. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith did a good job of doing that, according to after watching the tape from Matt LaFleur. And so when you take away that weapon, then you expose Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback, and he's in the snow and he's looking for Cameron Batson, one of his receivers, over the middle. That's covered. So then he tries to come back and throw to probably his better receiver, A.J. Brown, who was in the game with kind of a sore ankle, and he got picked off by Darnell Savage. And So we talked to Tannehill after the game, and he said that the Packers' defense confused him and said that the interception to Savage was intended for A.J. Brown.
3: Yeah, I was working to the right first. They covered Batson underneath. Peeked over, saw AJ with some space. Just tried to get it to him quickly, and didn't get enough on the throw. Obviously, the guy made a good play, ran underneath it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're gonna have the ball just about as many possessions as those guys. So, you know, we expect to to go get points. You face a good offense, a good team, you're gonna have to have to score points. We knew that going in. Was snow weather. Obviously, we didn't have that during the week. We had, I thought, the weather was actually colder, more wind in Nashville on Friday. So we got to practice in in the cold. So it was, it was nothing new. You know, there's no excuses. Yeah, you know, we're just getting it going, whether it was, you know, having the the right combination on with the defense or, you know, winning the route or making the throw, they went on the throw and we didn't get the protection. It was just inconsistent all over the board. Uh, I think definitely starts with me. I got to be better. You know, we just weren't consistent enough as an offense.
4: Did you feel like you had to
0: force some throws tonight, given the situation?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, we, once you get down, you know, you're going to have to, uh, I wouldn't say force throws, but you're going to have to be aggressive to, uh, to try to make some stuff happen in order to, to move the football and, and score points. Uh, you know, you're going to be able to to be as methodical on your drives. But, uh, no, at the end of the day, I wasn't able to make those plays.
0: Mike, what, what on defensively, I mean, did they do? I mean, w- was it so different? Was it uh, exotic uh, defensive schemes? Was it just, you know, a rotation? I mean, what exactly was it?
2: I don't know. I just think it was a just smaller space, but just guys sticking to their assignments. Can I say one other thing, too, that I found interesting is that, you know, it's Sunday night, and we hear Mike Vrabel, and we hear Ryan Tannehill. Now Derek Henry came and talked, and he was off Mike. You know, he had a mask on. He didn't want to be there. He barely answered mm-hmm. the questions. He was deflated, you know, after being in, embarrassed on national TV, and he knows that, you know, he's the engine that drives the Titans. Nobody said anything about, oh, by the way, you know, our thoughts are out to the people in downtown Nashville. I just thought that was weird. I mean, I know we're kind of in an era where maybe we're sometimes we're bombarded with with sports and athletes talking about, you know, things that are happening in the news. But I mean that's their town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a bomb goes off Friday morning on Christmas morning and it destroys half the downtown where I'm sure Half those players have been to for clubs. Who knows? Some of them may even have places down there. They got them playing for Green Bay on Saturday. I was, uh, and I That's didn't see point. the TV broadcast of it. I just thought that that was interesting that, wow, no, nobody's bringing that up. Okay, whatever. Just making a note. Just making a note. As for Patton's defense, um, you know, Chris Barnes this undrafted rookie. He's running the defense at inside linebacker. Christian Kirksey, who six years of losing in Cleveland, gets brought in by his old buddy Mike Patton, and he talks up Mike Patton a lot, you know, uses him by name and everything, uh, talking about that defense. And what did they do to shut down number 22, Derrick Henry?
4: I thought his play calling was, was was excellent. We've been practicing all week, making sure that we limit 2-2 to becoming a spark. So we know what Derrick Henry brings to the table. We watch him um, each and every week on highlight tapes, and you know he's I think he's the rushing leader right now. So we already knew that he was going to come in and try to run the ball and try to have a big game against us. So uh, all week we just uh, reiterated just to fly around and uh, swarm as a defense. It was all about attitude and guys just flying around to the ball. and It was good to to line up in, in, in base with some bigger guys. and. We we knew what type of game it was gonna be so you know it, it was good to you know just execute and that just goes to show you the guys on this team uh, on this defense that we're ready in any package whatever game plan we have uh we, we just got to execute it and that's what we did tonight we're getting closer as a, as a group you know we're getting more and more confident Guys are understanding that it's a target on our backs um, just as a team. You know, we're going to get everybody's best. This is it's time to get into the playoffs and all that stuff, and we just know, like, December football is very meaningful, and we just all have to turn it up a notch.
0: Mike, uh, people were talking about a big test, the Tennessee Titans, and, and it certainly was a passing grade of A, maybe an A+. plus. Everything was clicking. Uh, now you've got the uh, Chicago Bears, um, and – Oh, no, the one seed still on the line. I just wanted to get your thoughts here. If you've noticed the same thing I have with Aaron Rodgers, and that is the last five years, he has been more vocal about the one seed and being the NFC uh, championship game Host, he needs that game at Lambeau Field. I've never heard a quarterback or any other head coach talk about the necessity to have that one seed more than Aaron Rodgers. New, uh, it was Atlanta, it was San Francisco, it was Seattle. Has he been just punished <laughs> by the NFC title game being on the road, or is it that vital for him? Because it seems vital by his uh, by his voice.
2: It's vital for him, and uh, he wants to turn the page and try a different path to get to the Super Bowl. And last year, after they uh, played the 49ers the first time, he still felt pretty good about his team, what they could do with the remaining five, six weeks of the season, said, yeah, we're going to see these guys again, probably out there. I mean, he called it. He called Mm -hmm. it in November. He says these little things where it's like, yeah, he's totally got the schedule memorized. He totally knows how good his team is. This year they beat the Saints in New Orleans. He came out of that game saying, We gotta play at home. I'm tired of losing yeah. NFC championships on the road. And I always whenever he said that, Oh, we want to take him to Lambeau, it's like you're not a physical team. You're a dome team. You're the fastest team on turf. You and Jordy and those guys. Yeah. Why do you keep on saying you wanna do it who wants and, and and you've you've had playoff games at Lambeau Field where it was Friday, and they still had 10,000 seats to sell against the 49ers in some of these big games. But last year against the Seahawks, I think the way that the, his defense is playing now, and now when you see what he did with A.J. Dillon, and with his running offense, his misdirection offense from Lafleur, I think he's convinced that I would love to play the Saints yeah. at Lambeau Field in January. And this dude called it in September, and that's <laughs> where he's coming from.
0: I, there's, uh, this is just me. There is no way he loses that NFC title game if it's in Green Bay. Yeah, it's just no. I don't care. He he could be playing anybody. And
2: here's the other weird thing: Super Bowl forty-five in Dallas. It sucked. The whole week it was it was sixteen degrees. We had a yep. ice storm. It was hard to. <laughs> it was a ghost town, and the Packer fans all showed up on game day, which actually turned out to be a pretty nice day. About sixty degrees. That was the day where on Thursday we got like twenty-three inches of snow around here. Back in Wisconsin, on a Thursday, just a bad blizzard. It was hard for people to travel down there. They showed up on game day. Hell, it was oversold. But it was it was a, it was a it was not what you expected in Dallas in January, and February, to, to you know celebration, a week of celebration. So wouldn't it be weird if anybody gets to a Super Bowl and wins it in the pandemic season? <laughs> it would be Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers.
0: Man, it's going to be interesting. Mike, always a pleasure, man. Great reporting, great stuff. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Tim. All right, there he is, uh, Mike Clemens, covers everything uh, in Green Bay for the fan here, and he joined me on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
3: If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. And let like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.